Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Well, hey, hey, hey. How's that, brother? Hey there, buddy. How you doing? Mina. <laughs> you know it, bud. It's freaking, that... it's snowing out. Can you believe it? <laughs> Dude. I'm, you are in Maine. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. I knew the weather was going to be garbage this afternoon. And I, I got to walk these dogs of mine, you know, because I'm living in this apartment. I don't have a yard where I can just let them out and run. So I, I got to take him out on the leash, you know, and it was raining all afternoon. And then right before I go out for this dog walk, it starts snowing. And by the time I get out there, man, it's these it's these snowflakes that are the size of like silver dollars. And of course, that's the exact time when the, do- the dogs decide they need to smell and pee uh, on everything. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, it's you know, ex- you obviously know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm just sitting there like, okay, this better be quick. <laughs> this better be quick. And they, believe me, the last place that we lived at when we lived in Virginia Beach, the dogs were fortunate because we lived in an apartment building, but the ground floor of the of the apartment building was a parking garage, which was kind of cool, you know? Um, so when the weather was real crappy, we could sort of walk them around the parking garage and there were spots where they could sort of step out, you know, from underneath it and do their business. Well, they got spoiled, man. I'm telling you right now because now the dogs are out in the in the shit. <laughs> well, wait. I know. I know it's not you, but does 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 Jen make you put like clothes on the dogs when they go outside when it's cold? Uh, I, I will be honest with you. I have. Oh, the, here it comes. No, no, no. I have. <laughs> I will say is this: is that the the little dog who her her name is Molly. And Molly is a Yorkie poodle mix, a Yorkie poo. Um, and so she's got like this undercoat, you know, uh, that keeps her pretty warm. Mortimer, our little boy, uh, is a Shih Tzu Bichon mix. And he does not have that undercoat. And I will tell you that there have been days since we've been back up north here, man, where, you know, you take him out for their morning walk. And it's like 15 degrees. And that dog is cold. <laughs> I mean, it's just undeniable. And I will like put a sweater on him or something if it's that cold. Because I just know that he is. And I want him to hurry up and do his thing so we can get back inside. So, um, But I'm not a big proponent of the dressing up animals thing. I, there's a part of me that thinks that's like, I'm, this is just my opinion. I know people get into it. I think it's some sort of weird fetish thing. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and people go crazy with it, but hey, each his own. And if you dig doing that, then great. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, my afternoon has entailed here. So probably going to be pretty nasty by morning, but so yeah. Well, we uh, we did a nice little family bike ride. Nice uh, for about thirty minutes. It was nice because the weather is super awesome here right now. Not nah. to rub it in. <laughs> it's hey man, but, when you're living up north, it just comes with the territory. You yeah, know? seventy-nine degrees. You know, sunny. 
It's almost like uh, California weather. Yeah, but with uh, but with humidity. Yeah, yeah. We're, no, well, no. There's no humidity. There's too much wind for that. But yeah, no. It was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was good. Uh, did that, and then you know, I as you've been seeing, I've been doing a lot of uh, those acapella videos. Yeah, yeah. No, those are so, very, very cool. You should share them on the. You should share them on our site. Uh, maybe no, no. But uh, no, I've been doing those, and I just finished one. I I started one called One Minute Jams. Oh, okay, cool. So it's it's just a couple of local musicians, far away musicians, and myself, uh, just recording sixty seconds of of like a funk jam, some kind of groove, something like that. Mostly okay. on the funk side, but it's because right. I'm seeing a lot of artists that are doing this right now. Um, I actually shared one on my uh, Facebook page this morning. A buddy of mine, Aaron Fast, incredible musician, great guy. Um, he shared a story about uh, S.O.D., uh, Stormtroopers of Death, who yeah, yeah. was a precursor to Anthrax. And uh, the three original, aside from the lead singer, the three original members of S.O.D., did one of these recordings where they're all, you know, in their house or whatever, but they're playing this song together. Um, and it was the March of the, the March of the SOD, um, which if anybody out there was a big fan of Headbangers Ball back in eighties, early nineties on MTV, uh, March of the SOD was the intro music to Headbangers Ball. Um, nice. That's but, a great, that's a great fact. I, but how do you how do you do this whole thing where you're playing together but everybody's like in time there's no latency or anything with you know staying in time well that in in my opinion and and i've done this there's one that's yet to be released and i'll go over that but in my opinion the the app and this we're, we're not sponsored right but uh acapella app okay uh so what you would do so i workflow is your workflow right it's it's easier for me to have the drummer laid on the beat first right but w with within the application uh it has a metronome setting so you can monitor yourself and have a click track going at the same time okay so and it's easy for us because it's just one minute right yeah. so i i sent the guys like hey let's record this a version of this and they're like we got it so then the drummer and then he sends it via text to the bass player. The bass player sent it via text to me. And then I sent it to the organ player. And then it came back to me and I recorded the last two things. Uh, you can mix. Uh, there's compression. Uh, there's uh, reverb and delay. There's EQ. And it's got presets like, oh, I'm playing the drums. Yeah. So you can go to a preset for drums. Now, I've been using this for like a couple weeks now. And what it'll default to so like right now i have my airpods in when i'm doing the show right uh not sponsored by apple uh but i have my airpods in and it will default to the microphone that's in my airpods okay. or if you have or if you have like the the earbuds that have a microphone it will default to that so like when you're recording an instrument that's mm -hmm. probably that's not the best best way no but what i do and it's in you know i have a iphone uh, I use just a pair of studio headphones, what we call cans in the business. Yeah. And then the 
the microphone on my phone is great. It's nice and clear. And it's not for like, oh, I'm going to make this masterpiece, right? Right. Uh, and this is what all the musicians are, are kind of going into now. It's, it's for content. Sure. That, that's the thing to remember. It's for content, right? Because right now, nobody has any way of seeing their music, musicians, their favorite bands together. Yeah. So, so, and so that that's way one, right? And there's no good way. It's just how much time do you have? Yeah. The the second way that I've done it was that somebody sent me a guide track, okay. right? Uh, so then I played that, uh, like on my iPad to my headphones, and then I recorded with my phone. And then when I was done, I sent the recording to the the creator and then the creator is going to put all that together in either adobe premiere uh or final cut pro so that that takes a little bit more it's a little bit more professional but it takes a little bit more time right we're in the app in the app it's just like bam 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 like i could i could go and record uh and be done with a one minute song in like 10 minutes and then post it if i wanted to and that's what that's what I've been doing. Not one minute jams is something separate, but like I did some saxophone quartet stuff and, and I did like yesterday or the theme song to monsters Inc for my kids, you know? And, right. And that, that took one minute and it was like, okay, yep. I have the click track. Now where a lot of musicians that aren't used to being in the studio, it, it can be, it can be frustrating because of the fact that, you make a mistake on this it's one take and that's it you can't go halfway through and then yeah and then punch it in yeah you can't punch in or anything like that so if you're in the middle of like a three minute song (laughs) yeah and so another cool feature that acapella does it does give you the ability to use a guide track so if you wanted to sing a vocal part to like uh uh boys demand into the road right right you you can if you have that on your phone, you can import that into the app and sing along with Boys to Men. Okay. So you don't lose track of where you're at in the in the arrangement. I see. Like I say, I've been seeing all of these videos and I've just been wondering because I mean they look like these guys are playing these artists are all playing collectively live. You know what I mean? Which I'm thinking yeah. like, there's no way that that's a thing. Like I mean, just because we know of how I mean I'm and I, I know I've said it before on the show, I'm technologically illiterate. And I will tell you that last night I had a, uh, I had a, a virtual happy hour with some buddies of mine back home here. And uh, I'd never done anything like that before. Did y'all use a house party or zoom or what did y'all use? Well, that was, we ended up using zoom. Um, uh, but there's like, you know, it was, there were some complications with it, whatever. And I think next time we try to do something like that, I think we're going to use Skype, which if any of them are listening to the show after we put it out there, I did figure out my Skype account because last night it was giving me the finger. Um, but yeah. I, and I, there's, there's tons of different ones. I've heard there's, uh, there's some problems like people have gotten hacked on zoom yeah um, it was interesting we were talking about that when we first started our little hangout last night and really i guess what it comes down to is just that i guess before um i guess zoom before the the pandemic or whatever uh had like 20 million users or something like that 
And all of a sudden, since the pandemic hit, that's jumped to like 500 million, you know, people. Um, and with, I mean, I guess what it comes down to is just, they are no less susceptible to that type of thing than any of these other, you know, platforms are. It's just that it seems like it's become a bigger thing for them because, you know, so many more people are using Zoom now because they're working, they're teleworking and all that sort of stuff. Um, but like I say, uh, it was just last night, I'm telling you, I was any of these any of these platforms, I was having a hell of a time trying to figure out how they work and and sign up for stuff and whatever. Um, but I've been watching these videos of people performing and thinking to myself, like, oh, that'd be cool. Because, you know, these buddies of mine that I was talking to are guys that I play with here. Um, and we've been in various sort of iterations of of groups together. Um, and I know that we're really looking forward to getting together sometime soon once all this is over and, you know, we can get closer than six feet away from people um, and make some more music, which is going to be cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. But in the meantime, I was thinking, well, that'd be kind of cool if we could actually do something like that. You know, uh, I'd love to be playing together with these guys, but obviously in the current condition, I think we're all sort of using this time to just sort of improve our chops. You know what I mean? It's little else that we could do. And I don't know if anybody's really got any active ideas going on. Um, but it was just neat. I mean, it was neat to be able to sort of share time with, with uh, folks that way, because I mean, I've never really done something like that myself. I mean, I, I think, uh, first of all, I think it's, it, it has put us in a box to where now we have to think uh, us being musicians. Yes. Think outside the box. Oh, right? yes. Uh, how we, especially the, the, brothers and sisters of the music music world that are out there. And this is what they do full time. It's like, yep. how are they going to make a living now? Right. Absolutely. Um, now, one of the cool things is, and, and this is totally, uh, this is, this could be an ego driven thing. Right. But like what, what keeps it from me getting a hold of like, a, a well-known music entity and saying, Hey man, let's, let's, let's record something on this. Sure. No, I know what you mean, you know, yeah. but, but it's the ego thing to be like, well, you know, I'm too, you know, I, there, there's a lot of cool things that could be collaborated. Well, I, I mean, I will tell you that I think that, I think that what you are definitely going to, you, you're going to have to see, um, and it's going to have to be sooner than later um, for the industry is you are going to see the monetization of live streaming as a as as a platform uh for these artists to be able to sustain you know a living you know um well there there are so there are some websites and there there are the bigger bands that have been doing this and one of the the one of the old no offense, but one of the older ones, there's a website called Stage It. I have a buddy that's been using Stage It since like 2009, right. 10. Sure. And and he's been making, you know, money off of live stuff, uh, you know, all the time. But I think in, in these, in these, in this day and age, right, uh, there's so much production value uh, that, drove the costs to sure, absolutely to charge to be able to live stream and whatnot yep and now that is completely gone 
It is gone. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there can be production value, but you know what? It, it's not really. It doesn't matter. No, it, it really does not it, matter. It doesn't matter. And the, and the thing is, is that I mean, and this was a question that I was asking, you know, my buddies last night when we were on this, you know, this uh, happy hour thing. You know, and I'm asking them. I said, you know, how long until they, you know, how long until after they give the all clear on this whole pandemic thing, which I mean. God willing, is sooner than later. Later, but how long is it going to take for you to be confident or comfortable with the idea of going to a festival type concert where you are elbow to elbow with tens of thousands of strangers? I don't. I don't think that I, that level level of comfort won't happen until uh, there's a vaccine. No, and, and I, that's that's and, it. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, because it's a virus, I don't think there's going to be a vaccine. I just think there's going to be a, like, get your flu shot. That's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, I, and, and I know that we've been really trying to steer away from talking about the, the, the virus itself and, and all the inherent things that have come along with it. But, you know, I think that people have to remember that you have to rem- And I know that it sounds, because you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, well, we should stay on lockdown till there's a vaccine. And, and it's like, well, I mean, I get that this disease is contagious and everything, but you have to remember all the things that we are exposed to, uh, that we have been exposed to on a daily it's, basis for I'll, forever. I'll bring it up happens. again. I'll bring it up again, man. The, the Sopranos video about wash your hands. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> That's all you have to watch. It's like, yeah, you kind of turn your, your, your eye away from the, if you really think about it, the gross stuff. Yes. It's true. I mean, the reality is, is that there's no, you know, there's, you know, there's no vaccine for the common cold, you know, there's no vaccine. That's why we have an immune system. Exactly. And that's why, that's <laughs> why we have an immune system. It's also like you said, that's why you're, you know, when you're a kid, you know, mommy tells you to wash your hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a thing. And I mean, like I say, God willing, this whole thing is is over sooner than later. But it is definitely, I mean, and I know we talk about the arts a lot on our show here. Um, it is definitely going to be a thing that is going to affect, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. I think that, uh, to be quite honest with you, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are never going to feel comfortable with putting themselves in those type of circumstances ever again. You know, because this whole, this whole experience has scared the living daylights out of them. And, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I love festival shows, man. I mean, I love, you know, going and seeing, you know, you name it, Gigantor or Ozfest or any of those. Sh- I mean, I love that stuff. I love going and seeing these crazy, you know, I know that you've done a lot of like the sort of, uh, what is the the jam band one? Locking. We did locking. Is it lock? Oh, that's not the one I was thinking of. It was not boomerang or no, no. Uh, uh, if you wouldn't have said ah, uh, Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. That's it. Um, I mean, I'm and I don't get me wrong. I mean, I dig some of those bands. Um, I know I've said it before on the show. I mean, I'm a big Primus fan, and they've been a big part of that in the past. Um, but I love going to like these huge metal festivals. You know. Uh, there's a lot of people, man. There, there are going to be some people who are going to be like, eh. <laughs> I'm not so sure about doing that again because you just never know. I mean, but 
you know, and 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 it's it's you're getting at the core of of what's really going on is that, you know, I always tell my kids that we were human beings were put on this earth to interact with each other. Yes. And and so you know that interaction can be good or bad. Yep. No, <laughs> but you're but we really right. were, and and when you and and when whether you're on the stage or not on the stage you know, there it's, there's a huge interaction that you, you don't get. And, uh, when you're just not social with people. So that's, it, well, and I think it, that also, I think that from a performance standpoint, it's very difficult because, uh, you know, and I think that you would agree with this, um, as an artist, as a musician, particularly as a performing artist, and that doesn't even mean music. I mean, that could be any form of the performing arts, um, or any discipline, it's there's a huge part of that that as that performing artist, a big part of why you do it is because of that interaction. Well, you you want to get a reaction. That's right? that's like, what I mean. There's this exchange of things. There's this exchange of energy that is happening between you as a performer and you know an audience and seeing how them. I mean, what I've like, I've fronted all these bands for years and years. You know, especially with my time in the Marine Corps music program. You know, and the big thing that I would say to these guys in, in these ensembles, these groups that I'd be fronting, you know, I would say to them, our job, our job when we go out there is to incite these people, incite them, you know, and I'm not talking, I mean, and, and, and within the confines of being in a military musical organization where you can only step so far out of that, you know, um, you're not going to tell people to go, you know, burn stuff down or something, but there were moments, man. I mean, I know I've had moments as a performer where I'm up there on stage and I'm absolutely delivering to an audience. And you can see this look in people's eyes <laughs> who are looking back at you. And you're like, this is happening. This is actually happening right now. Like these people are I, I'm like I've had I could tell you about like performances that I'd had, you know, going out with a rock band and playing at some high school and, and being in the auditorium. And it's it's the kid that you're playing to. But better than the kids, it's the faculty that you're looking at. And you can all of a sudden in this moment see a look of concern in their eyes <laughs> because they're seeing students and they're like, uh, is this about to get out of control? You know what I mean? And some of the schools would be cooler than others. Some of the schools, you know, they'd let the kids get up and dance and whatever, which was awesome. But that was the joy of it, man. For me, the joy of it was knowing that what we were doing on stage was affecting this group of people in such a way that they couldn't stay sitting in their seats, that they had to get up and feel like they were participating in what was happening in that moment. And that is, as a performing artist, I think that's the hardest thing about what you're, what we're all sort of living with right now, you know, because you don't, like you just said, we're met, we're put on this earth to interact with other people. And now we're in this position where for this period of time, that isn't going to be a thing, you know, and as an artist, yeah. it's hard to perform when you don't have that, when you don't get that energy back from an audience I mean, it's great to play and, and, and all that stuff. But when you don't have that audience, it's sort of like I'm playing to an empty room and, you know, and, and it's, you got to dig pretty deep, you know, um, you know, you got to dig pretty deep to sort of put on that performance and put on that show when there isn't anybody to be performing for. 
you know, or at least they're just present in a virtual way. Um, so, you know, like, again, you know, obviously, you know, this will all pass and we'll get back to the, we'll get to the new normal. Um, I'm definitely the new normal. I'm I'm still waiting for my, my Wallace Tartan, uh, face masks, you know, um, (laughs) you know, the, the, everybody's got the masks on and the recommendations have come down from, you know, various entities. And, uh, it was pretty cool, man. My, uh, my wife and I, we're big fans of a, of a company and this is sort of, you know, here you go. It's the plug, um, for a company out of, uh, California called sport kilt. And, uh, they actually, with this whole thing going on, they started making, uh, mail order face masks that have your, whatever tartan, whatever pattern, you know, plaid you want. Uh, they, and they, they make all sorts of products we do uh i've got like three different kilts um that are all i've i've worn one you have you did you weren't golfing you you know you were you you represented <laughs> you know out there on the out there on the links you know mexi irish yeah. irish mexican yeah there you go the scottish the scottish oh scottish i'm sorry yeah. scottish see how much i know yeah right uh um, <laughs> that's 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 a funny uh there's a funny story where i have this high school friend that his last name is McCullough. Oh right? yeah, I want to say his first. Yep. Last name is McCullough, and when he went to college, uh, he comes home and shows his dad uh, a Navy man uh, a tattoo that he got, and it was a four leaf clover. And he was like, "His dad's like, Why damn it, that you Scottish." That's right, damn it, boy. <laughs> And you can't take it back. That's right. <laughs> Wind boy. <laughs> this is this is a man. So this is like one of my oldest friends too. And uh, his his dad was our baseball coach from T-ball through high school, uh, yeah. right? Yep. And so we practiced uh, in the older years at a high school baseball field, right? Right. But not the main one, but one, you know, and I, he would get he would get like he would do something wrong or whatever. And so then the next practice. He the, the son would go and ha- he would have to mow the, the, the lawn of of the baseball field. That was his punishment. <laughs> a push, yeah, a push lawn mower. Oh, my Lord. But it was going to be done by the city, anyways. Well, you know, it's funny because I think about I think about that sort of thing. Like, I, dude, I remember doing. I remember playing sports back in like middle school and high school and whatever. And it's just crazy to me now, like, you know, thinking about how, you know, because all this stuff is voluntary. It's not as if like you know you're forced to do it, but it's it's that moment where like you keep screwing something up, and the coach looks at you and is like, you know what? Why don't y'all just go take a lap? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you're like, damn it, <laughs> you know, and it's hot as hell, and you are out there just like, oh my god, I can't believe we're freaking out here doing this, just crazy, man. Now it's like Connor, Connor, go take a timeout. Go t- exactly. I'm like, are they telling these kids to take? I know they are. They've got to be. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it all depends on like what level and how old you were, and you know whatever these kids are. You know what I'm saying? And and don't get me wrong, man. Some of this stuff is like, 
Dude, some, people if I were a coach, some people get a little if, crazy. If I were a coach right now, I'd be afraid of some 10-year-old kid taking out a phone and recording. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> well, that was funny. Because, it's funny because... Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything that doesn't need to be... You know, I'm not worried about that, but it's like the level of which what how you can talk to like in a sports oh, arena yeah. like how especially when, is, when, has, especially when you're dealing with kids you know, that's right when you're dealing with kids it's like you know you don't know how you know you don't how you know how johnny's mom or dad are gonna feel when you know you you, you know you start getting real stern and stuff because people are like i don't know about that but you know it's, it's yeah because my models of coaches other than like from like watching movies, bad news bears. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, it's like Walter Matthau, like, come on. Yep. Dude, well, it's funny because I remember when I was on recruiting duty, I used to have to go do these, these uh, table setups at these uh, music educators, like state music educator uh, conferences that they would have every year. So I would go to like, you know, Pennsylvania music educators association. It would be in a different city every year or nismo which is new york you know and i would have all of this swag you know i'd have all this you know there'd be you name it man water bottles and drumsticks and guitar picks and just all this stuff well my big thing was because all these schools are there right all these universities are there and all the kids who are at these things because they coincide with like the all-state festivals so you get like the you know the most highly accomplished supposedly you know most highly accomplished uh musicians at the high school level who are at these things and they're walking around and of course all the music schools are talking to them and whatnot um and of course all the schools have swag too now so they're giving kids you know bags and whatever stickers and blah 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 well the kids would always come around to my table you know because you had a k-bar you gave him a k-bar no, i didn't have a k-bar but i had a i had a set of dress blues on and all those kids were like Ooh, like they see that that set of dress blues man and they're like what is this it looks like my marching band uniform yeah he's like what it was he's like what what is that guy doing here you know and i remember because i would you know it would be funny the way that i would engage these kids because you know i would just sort of stand off for a second and the kids would come around and I had this table full of stuff and the kids would come around and they would start just grabbing stuff and I would look at them and I'd be like hey what are you doing and these kids would freeze and they just look at me and they're like uh taking some lanyards I'd be like you don't just take anything off my table this is the Marine Corps you earn what you get Oh dang! There it oh, is. dude! If you want to come talk to me, dude, I'm telling you. And they'd be like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'd be like, "Well, what are you gonna do for that lanyard?" You know, like everything on this table table requires that you do something. So, I don't know. Like, how about uh, how about because I wouldn't have a pull up bar there. That's usually that's a standard. The Marine Corps recruiting, you know, site is the is the pull up bar. Uh, but I didn't have one, so I would, you know, I'd sit there. I'd be like, "Well, how about push ups?" Okay, and it all depended on what the what you know what the, um, and then you're like, please sign this waiver. Do you have asthma? Do oh no have- no no no, dude! I'm telling you right now, it was it was because I mean the reality was is that most of these kids I knew that they weren't really like they weren't interested and and you know and the re the the reality of it of it is that you know as Marines are concerned, like not everybody's going to be a Marine. Like not everybody wants to be a Marine. You know what I mean? And but that didn't mean. That 
Well, it didn't mean that their brother didn't want to become a Marine or their sister didn't want to become a Marine. And this is, you know, visibility and whatever. But there were points, man, where I would literally have these kids. I'd have them lined up right there in the middle of the convention. I'd have like, I'd have like 20 kids and they'd all be doing, they loved it. They loved it. They'd all be doing, because, you know, and, and you want to know what it was? And this is the honest to God truth, Jeremy, is that I was the only one who had a booth in that place that was expecting them to do something in order to get what I had. Everybody else mm. is just giving their stuff away for free. And these kids want to be challenged. When all of a sudden somebody looks at them and says, no, man, you got to do something for that. They're like, oh, okay, well, what do I have to do? And not all of them would join in. But I'll tell you, dude, there were times I would be taking handfuls of freaking guitar picks and just throw them in the air like like chicken feed. <laughs> These kids would just descend, man. They would... I remember, I remember, I think I was a uh, Pennsylvania music educators and uh, these kids are going crazy, you know, and, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm taking these picks and throwing these kids are doing pushups and this buddy that I'm with is like, dude, you better be careful because like people have cell phones. <laughs> Somebody could be videotaping this. This might not be good. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> hey. God, God bless all those band directors, man. You know, my, my brother-in-law is a band director and I have tons of friends from college that are band directors, man. Never. Or just, just teachers, nope. just teachers too. And you know nope. what? Well, what's, hold on, time out because you say no, no, no. Right. But, and I was the no, no, no guy too. When I was in college, yeah. you know, you do, you do some, uh, some student teaching, student teaching, and you're like, whoa, uh. yeah. And and then, but but you know, what have we been doing? What you know, what what were you doing the last couple of years in your military career? You were a teacher. No, I know it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I've had, and I know you've probably had in in the in music. Like you've had the same. You've had people ask you because as as uh, especially as military musicians, you know, people are always asking you like, so what are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna do when you get out of the military? Are you gonna become a band director? And I'm telling you right now, dude, especially the time that I spent out on the street recruiting where I would have to go all over the Northeast region of the United States and I would interact with high school band directors, uh, directors, you know, uh, you know, director, uh, directors of bands at, you know, universities, all, you know, whatever, you name it. And I'm going to tell you that experience in and of itself, I was like, there's no way. I mean, I would, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell all of our listeners out there. Okay. And all the ones who are musicians and grew up playing in these programs and whatever, they'll know what I'm talking about. For those of you who haven't did that, I'm going to tell you right now, the hardest working educator in that building was your band director and nobody, nobody knew it because that guy or gal, okay, was at school before any of the other educators were there because that that band director at your high school had to show up early to do rehearsals with students before school started that band director was there for hours after school was over out on the football field or in the rehearsal hall you know working with these students that was the educator that was still working on the weekends because the band had a festival to go perform at or a parade, or a, you name it. I mean, the amount of time and effort that these men and women dedicate to, and, and hats off to them, honestly, because I just can't even imagine having to 
younger and whatever I'd be all about it. But I'll tell you, as like now, no way, no way. Just it's 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 tough. And the ones who succeed, kudos to them, man. You know, because it takes a lot of support from a community to make one of those programs actually stand up. You know, um, there's a lot of folks who get out there and, and, you know, you and I have probably both seen them. I know in the Northeast, it's real tough. Uh, You know, in this part of the country, you don't get big marching programs. I know down in yeah, I mean, I'm from That's Texas, so yeah, down in Texas, it's a the marching programs are huge, like hundreds and hundreds of students. Here, you don't really get that. I mean, it's going to start snowing in October. You know, I mean, you're not going to go out there and do a field show in the snow. So, I mean, here you're going to have programs that are much more oriented towards, you know, concert band, wind ensemble, uh, jazz bands, like that type of thing. You know. Which served me really well because, I mean, I mean, it served me well because I spent a lot of time growing up playing drum kit, which that's really been my focus. Um, I did find, though, I'm just t- totally honest. I mean, and I even gone to music school after I got out of high school. I went to Berkeley and all that stuff for, you know, three years. And I never became some rudimental type player. And it wasn't until I joined the Marine Corps that all of a sudden I realized, like, holy mackerel, there's this whole other facet of playing that I've been virtually exposed to that I had to pick up very quickly because, I mean, that's a huge, huge part, at least in the, the Marine Corps band fields. If you're a drummer in that, and doing that, man, like, you got to get chops together, at least be able to hang, you know, because there yeah. are some dudes that I served with that were absolute monster rudimental players like dudes who would play and you'd be looking at them like what in the world are you doing man you know it's like wizardry or something they went to like hogwarts and learned how to play freak play rudimental snare drum you're like what is that what are you doing it's crazy oh yeah man you know these band directors especially you know they they they're almost like at least in my case it's second parents no absolutely they were your greatest influencer as a, as a kid growing up in a band program in a high school, dude, if you were really dedicated to what you were doing, that band director was your greatest influencer out of anybody in that school, you know, because you spent more time with them than anybody, any other educator. You know, it wasn't like you just, you know, your English teacher was somebody who just like went to class and you know, this band director was something that you were. No, nope. during hours. marching band season, you're out like hours yes. and hours and hours and hours and yes. hours and then more hours and hours and crazy. hours. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. So let's see, junior high, Ellen Bond, uh, Lee South, and uh, Glenn Oliver, uh, the dynamic duo uh, in high school. Lee South, rest his soul, man. He just he passed yeah. away a couple of years ago uh, due to cancer, but I always kept in touch yeah. with him. Now, I remember, I mean, dude, middle school for me was, was Bob Motor. Uh, he was the band director at, at the junior high school here in town. I actually heard just recently from my high school band director that uh, Bob is, I think he lives uh, somewhere pretty close to here still. He actually was a military music guy. I think he served in the army, army bands way back. Um, yep. Uh, Lee South. He was in the yep. army band. Or, you, yeah. Back. Yeah. Way back in the day. And then yeah. high school, initially the first two years I was in high school was David Ains. Uh, he actually had transferred over to the, the high school next town over and we actually got a gentleman by the name of C Scott Smith. Um, 
great story with him. He had actually been teaching. I believe he'd been teaching at Susquehanna University down in Pennsylvania. Um, he really wanted the opportunity to sort of get into, he had been an educator down there, but he really wanted to sort of have his own program. And so he moved up here. He heard about this opportunity with my high school and we didn't have a huge program. I mean, the band was like 50 plus kids, you know, um, yeah. and he came in, absolutely turned our whole program in a completely different direction. Um, learned a lot from him, man. We ended up going and, and placing in statewide competitions and stuff. It was awesome. And at the school for two years, you know, my senior year, at the end of my senior year, he announced that he was moving on and, um, He's actually an educator. He teaches down at, uh, at I think it's University of Ohio, not the Ohio State University, but University of Ohio, I believe. He's down there. Great guy. Horn player. Yeah. Incredible and, and you know, player. the other thing, too, is band boosters, man. Oh, dude, yes. Yeah. I remember my, my mom and dad. Uh, we, we did the whole like magic Disney days, you know, thing where we, we could go, uh, to Disney world and, and they had a a band competition and stuff. So one of the fundraisers that they did is, uh, DFW airport, which is a fairly large airport and it's American airlines hub, uh, was doing this new tram system. So our parents had to volunteer to test out the tram system. Okay. All night, like in the middle of the night, because, you know, there's no planes going just and they would give them like, hey, you got to go to this gate, to this gate, and this gate from like it started like at 10 at night till like five in the morning. Okay. All of our parents had to go do this. But in return, we got charter flights. So we're the only ones on those planes with all of our equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. One plane, we the Irving High School band got one plane to take us to uh, Orlando and back. Wow! I know we got yeah we got super lucky. That's but, awesome. But 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 they spent you know ten o'clock at night till five in the morning, like doing all getting, all the parents it, it, had to be getting involved. that level of and I'm and I, again I'm just speaking from the vantage point of somebody who has interacted with a multitude of music educators getting that kind of buy-in from a community is so difficult it is it is probably the hardest job that you are you know my my son my son my oldest son is a freshman and this is his first year uh in marching band and you know i was super hyped both my myself and my wife were both in marching band uh in high school and we're like, yes, we're going to be band parents, right? Yep. And, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't help out a lot because I had this tour, yep. this band tour that I was yep. on. But she volunteered. And the, the band parents at our high school are incredible. Um, it's, it, it's a rotation between the band parents and the sport parents and all that. Like, hey, you got to work concession right. stands and all yep. that and all that stuff, too just in the Commonwealth of Virginia is, is needed. And I'm sure it's like that uh, in a ton everywhere. of states everywhere. needed to keep the band going because just the budget oh, yeah. isn't there. Well, you know what I mean? Like, because I mean, I remember obviously we were having to try to do the same stuff when I was in high school and 
it, what was amazing to me was when I got to the point where I realized, like, I got older and had my own kids and whatever, that, you know, so many of these school districts around the country at the point now where it's like, if you want to do anything, you have to pay. Like, if you want to, if your kid wants to play football, your kid has to pay hundreds of dollars, you know, so for equipment and all the rest of the stuff. I mean, dude, back when I was in high school, like, you want to play, you want to play football, play football. Like, you got the equipment, we got the equipment, we got the stuff, you know, whatever. And it, it, in a lot of places, man, it's not like that anymore, you know. Oh, dude, it, it, where, where my son goes to high school, it is crazy to me. Marching band is an extracurricular yeah, a, activity. No, I get that. And I, dude, I remember back when I was in high school, that that became a point of contention. Because it was like, okay, this is something that we're doing during the day. It's something that we're doing during the day. It's supposed to count as, as credit. But you're telling me that this is an extracurricular thing. Now, where I went to school in Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area, and it's just like that in Texas, uh, marching band was part of band. It was a class. But because of the hours uh, committed during the summer and on the weekends, then it was a PE credit. Ah, okay. And that is is why you'll have – Texas marching band have at a minimum over a hundred people. No, yeah, I can see that. Now, now, so so here's the deal, right? Now, where my son goes to high school, it's extracurricular activity. So that means my son was extracurricular marching band, but he also was in band that was during the during the school yeah, day, yeah. right? Two separate things. He got a grade for being in band, extracurricular for being a marching huh. band, and and. And the marching band, because it's extracurricular, had a significantly, significantly less people participate than who were in band. Right. And I'm like, why, why aren't the, the band directors of the Commonwealth of Virginia petitioning this, this, the state school board saying, please count marching band as a PE credit. You get you get band kids out of PT out of oh, PE, yeah, dude. You're gonna have you're instantly gonna have like marching yep. bands that are like yep, two hundred no, strong. Absolutely. I, I it guarantee totally makes sense, man. It totally makes sense because hey, and for any of you that have never been in marching band or listening to this, I told my son. I said, hey, son, you need to start running. Ah, uh, yeah. What what do you what do you mean? Well, you got to start getting ready for marching band camp. Right. Oh, I'm good, Dad. <laughs> and my son ran track, right, in, in junior high. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, okay. I'm just telling you right now, you start doing something. You have to. That, that the whole time during band camp, which were 10-hour days. Sucking wind. 10-hour <laughs> yeah. days. He would come home and go straight yep. to bed. Straight to bed and would not wake up, and we'd have to wake yep. him up. And and they're sucking down like it, the requirement was you need to have at least a one gallon water, uh, like water bottle, whatever. And then the parents would bring like watermelon, cantaloupe, oh, something, yeah. like always every day. We donate water bottles and stuff. And you can't tell me that the amount of time that's spent pre and then even during the football season that that's not worth one freaking PE credit. You can't no, tell I me know, that. that's crazy. 
That's crazy. I mean, like you say, the the amount of, of, of exertion that is required, you know, to be able to actually participate in one of these, a legitimate, you know, marching band program. You know, it's, it's pretty outstanding. It's pretty outstanding. Yeah. And, and they, they've won the state competition several years mm. in a row. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's what dedication gets you. Well, you know what? And awesome band director, shout out to Mike Lane. Uh, awesome staff, uh, just yeah. all around, man, you know? And, but yeah, so, all right. It is. Yeah, we Thursday. got about 12 minutes left till we're at the top of the hour. It's Thursday. And this and means it's YouTube Thursday. What was the last thing that you watched? Oh, man. All right. I'm opening up my iPad. Because I honestly don't remember. One, man. Yes, I do. Do you? I, <laughs> yes, I do, my friend. Uh, well, mine's good. All right. I need a backfill. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so I have I have yep. a friend who's married married to an Aussie. Okay. Long story, yep. right? Uh, but she's from Australia, and she in Australia she was a cricket wow, player. Okay. Right. Um, and so she got me into it, and and you know I'd kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know, like watching it, paying attention, learning how to, how it is. How's it different from baseball? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so the the last video that I watched is about uh, a very famous cricket okay. player named Shane Warren. W a uh, W a r n e, and he's a bowler from australia the the bowler for those of you don't know it's kind of like a uh, a pitcher okay and and this dude he is so badass i can't even you don't even know how you don't even have to know the game and you watch this video uh you're gonna be like holy shit this guy's badass because you know england Australia, New Zealand, India, Pakistan, like those are the big ones, okay. right? Um, and this guy puts so much spin on the ball. Now it's 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 a ball and it, and the bowler will run and then throw the ball and it's got a it's got a bounce. Uh-huh. And then what what they want to try to do is either hit the wickets. There's three wickets behind right. him or or hit the hit the the let's call it the batter right uh because they miss okay. um because there are some batters let's call yeah. them batters uh that will just like that are great man and they'll get a shit ton right. of points this guy basically strikes out six people in a row which is wow. unfounded and but he does it because he is he is what I've been told by my friend's wife is like he is a he's basically like a god right. in like in Australia that community. Yeah, but his name is Shane Warren W A R N E, 
and it's the Shane Warren 646. Okay. Uh, definitely worth a watch. I know Whatever, it's weird. Man. I, like I mean, I, I would check like, that out if you like, share the link on our page. It is, yeah, it, it is completely the master at his finest it, it, compared to like Tiger Woods sure. the masters yep. or, you know, Jordan, Kobe, whoever, like right. this is his greatest, his greatest moment ever. You don't, you don't have to know anything about the sport because what happens is like some of these guys from the England national team right. are dumbfounded of just what happened. <laughs> like, yeah. Did, did that, because once you hit the wicket, their their batting yeah. is done. Right. And some of them he's like it's the ball is thrown behind them and it bounces like a 90 degree angle and then hits the wicket oh and they're like what the fuck That's is happening? That's crazy. Yeah, they're like everybody's just like literally dumbfounded. Yeah, they're just they're looking like they look at the ground where the ball hit <laughs> right. and they look at the back where the wickets were and like and then they just start walking off and shaking their That's head. Awesome. Like, I, yeah, dude, I never yeah, had a chance. That. I got to see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, that's yeah. pretty wild. So that, that's, that's mine. And, and you know what? I looked at it last yeah. night. Like, just, I popped up. I think it popped up in my, in my videos feed in Facebook because I've, I've been watching between that and the, the, the pizza, the frozen pizza. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, dude, by I got to tell you, man, I looked at that <laughs> whole thing. And I don't know if I've said it before since I looked at it, but that's whack. Like, I'm looking at how that dude has ranked some of these things, and I do not get how this dude is saying that Bagel Bites rank higher than DiGiorno Pizza. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, uh, you, you need to understand that the previous, like, real pizza yeah. reviews, he's got thousands. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. No, I get All it. Right. Just saying, All I right. don't understand that because I, I, I mean, I love my pizza. I don't understand how bagel bites are higher than So, hey, just FYI, I went and got a Newman's own pizza, and it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I don't know if I've had that yet. I think I, I maybe a long yeah, time well, ago. I don't know. And the new, the new, new is that he, he, someone sent him a Wegman's oh, yeah. pizza. And, and, and we have Wegmans here. I don't know if I you have know. it up in Maine. I know you, you have mean, Wegmans though. up in Maine. And that's the highest I will tell frozen you, pizza. So some I'm gonna of have these, to go to some of these. I will totally admit that some of these store brand frozen pizzas are actually pretty darn good. You know, I mean, you wouldn't think so, but some of them are pretty darn good for me. Well, you do yourself yeah. a favor and watch the Jack's pizza okay. review. Just everybody out there, do yourself a favor and watch the Jack's Pizza Review. That's all I gotta say. All right, what's your um, what's your video? Buddy of mine, uh, Adam Pezdek, uh, you know, Marine Corps musician, buddy of mine. He's a band director now out in uh, out in San, uh, San Diego, and he he and I we he shares all sorts of great stuff on his Facebook page. Well, he was sharing links today or videos of a program that's on YouTube called uh produce i think it's called produce like a producer um interesting you have to put that one up because i've i've been under the thumb of a producer before so go ahead um (laughs) it's uh or it's produced like a pro 
is the name of the, the name of the program. Ah, okay. And right. and what he does is this guy sits down. Um, he sits down with the producers and engineers of songs that are considered legendary. Okay. And the last one that I was watching today was this guy sitting down with the guy who was the producer for Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Okay. Great, Holy great album. mackerel, man. <laughs> Not the, the songs on the album. But yeah, the Black, the Black Hole Sun. A great, yeah, a great, great song, song on, on a great, great album. album. And I mean, this guy... You know, because and and don't get me wrong, I I've always been you know I mean you and I have both been involved in the music production and engineering thing throughout our careers and and I've done that stuff and you know and it's really cool I love hearing because I mean these are songs that we all know and it's really interesting to hear these these guys talk about okay well you know these were the mics that I was using on the snare drum and this is how I had them mic'd up and this was the amp and the the you know the the power or the the power amp and the cabinet that the guitar was running through. This is what he was playing for a guitar. You know these were the effects that we were running. But this guy on this particular video, man, he is getting to a level as more so as a producer, vice and engineer. I mean, he's talking about a lot of the stuff. Um, and I'm sure some folks out there that maybe listening to the show already know all this, of this stuff because obviously. Uh, Black Old Sun is insanely popular tune. It's, you know, arguably the biggest song that Soundgarden ever wrote, you know. Um, but he gets to a level where he's talking about having conversations with Chris Cornell about his songwriting that are just like, dude, you're looking behind the curtain, man. I mean, you're looking, he is talking about conversations that are so far beyond just like, oh, well, we did this with the drums and we did that with the bass and the what, like he's talking about songwriting on like a spiritual level, you know, um, I'll, I'll share the link on our page. There's a point where he's talking about how Cornell was sending him all these demos and they knew that they were supposed to be recording this album. And in all these demos, he's just like, there's nothing here. Like, there's nothing on these demos that is worthy of putting on a, a record. Um, wow. And he's starting to get concerned. And he actually sits down. At some point, he eventually sits down and has a conversation with Chris Cornell. And he's talking to him about, like, what's going on, man? You know, because I'm not hearing anything here. And, you know, Chris is really talking to him about how he's really concerned about the idea that he's got to write things for his audience that the audience expects to hear. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know this, 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 the outcome in the situation, but it's like, uh, well, and, and that was the thing, that, is, that, personally, that was the thing but... is that the guy who's the producer in this video is, you know, he's talking about this and he's saying, you know, Chris is saying these things to me and I'm absolutely taken aback because I don't understand how you think that way as an artist, you know, like, and he's like, and I know he's under a lot of pressure and I know that he, there's to a certain degree, he's very insecure and he wants to give people what they want. And he's like, but I had this conversation with him where I, I I'm saying to him, you need to understand 
that you are Soundgarden. Whatever you do, people are going to listen to it. You know, don't worry about what they want. Give them you, and they're going. They're okay, going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and he asked him. He said, "You know, who are like who are like your favorite bands?" You know, and Chris Cornell says, "You know, uh, the Beatles and Cream." Those are, he said. He says, "Okay, yeah. I want you to write some songs that are what you think the Beatles or Cream would write." Think about that. Like, take your influences and give me what you think your influences would do. And he's talking about how, you know, three weeks later, he gets this demo tape back and he's listening to it. And there's like four tunes that are on this demo tape. And, um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, that, uh, on this demo tape that Black Hole Sun is on there. And he, it's it, totally and, a Beatles tune. And he hears that opening guitar riff, <laughs> that arpeggiating guitar riff at the beginning of that song. And he's like, and I, from the minute I heard that, I was like, this is musical genius. Like, he is writing on a level that is so far beyond rock and roll. You know, this is on a level that is about taking a listener and this is why we listen to music is because we listen to it and it takes us away from where we are in the moment and it takes us to some other place and that's exact and he's like and the tension involved in the writing the, the tension that's there, there's like there's virtually no resolution you're waiting for this release as a listener that you don't ever really get the entire song so as a songwriter he's just holding you here in this moment, you know, it's absolute devoid of hooks. There's no hooks. It's just holding you in this sense of, in this place of suspended tension the entire, I mean, like I say, I'll put it up on the site. I highly, it's about this, this video is about 50 minutes long. They break down every single track. They're talking about, you know, how they recorded the drums and the bass and all the various things that they were looking for. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And it's a part of the whole series. I'd love to share uh, more of these with folks. If, you know, they don't. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I've, 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 for, for work purposes, I've, I've sung this song, man. And, uh, you know, the second verse, man, it's, it, that one rang true for me. Stuttering, cold, and, and, and damp, still the warm yep. wind, tired friend. Times are gone for honest men and sometimes far too yeah. long for snakes. Dude, I mean, it's, yeah. And then, in my shoes of walking sleep in my youth, I pray to keep heaven sent hell away. No one sings like you anymore. <laughs> like, holy shit. It's heavy. I mean, we really did. And I've, I've always been a big Soundgarden fan. And I will tell you that when Chris Cornell passed away, we lost a, we lost a, a titan and rock and roll. A, a, a oh yeah, an artist. No, not not a musician, an artist, an artist. An artist. Yeah. I I agree, uh, man, totally. Yeah. So on, on well, that with that, note, sad as it is. <laughs> hey, I've I've already posted the the Shane Warren video. Take Absolutely. A, take a chance. Learn how to play. Learn cricket. 
and there's some there's some really good videos out there on baseball players try to like yeah. use the cr- cricket uh, bat and try <laughs> to hit stuff. It's awesome. All right, awesome man. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, again, tell your friends, tell your family, tune on in. All right, All right bye. Later, bro. Well, hey there, folks. How you doing? Hey, this is JB. And the Jimbo. How you guys doing? Coming straight at you from the Great White North once again. Uh, today, it's looking like the Great Gray North. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we've had some pretty rough weather coming up our way from uh, down in the uh, from down us. south central, uh, central Atlantic region. Uh, yep. Up the 95 up. corridor. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. It's been uh, it's been raining and the wind has been crazy here. You know, they're uh, they're calling uh, calling for power outages, you know. Um, And uh, so just that's what we got this morning. Uh, And uh, right now uh, we haven't had power since about 11. So where is so, uh, so so. It's four ten, Eastern. Yeah, let the uh, so the, let the audience know here real quick exactly where you your your portion of the recording uh, of the podcast today is coming from. Where? From my truck. <laughs> <laughs> does you it know, does it sound okay? Yeah, like it know. sounds it sounds fine. It's just uh, you know it's just a, another uh, it's just a, an indicator of of how important this podcast is to us. And uh, we're hoping that it's becoming important to more and more people out there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. My my neighbors just le- I'm I'm in the driveway behind my behind my uh, house. My neighbors just left because they're probably sick and tired of being in a house that doesn't have power in it. And they're oh, staring at me. I'm oh. opening up a beer. I've got I've got an iPad. I'm using I'm using my son's phone, who's grounded right now. So I'm using <laughs> his phone for for internet. And I've got my phone for this plugged into to the uh, <laughs> to the the outlet because you know I have a truck so is it, uh, to is, the outlet so is is it Joaquin who's who's uh, grounded? No, nope, AJ. Ah, I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say well I mean the power is out anyway I mean what's 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 Joaquin gonna do without the without his training time? Well, so see that's the thing like. AJ and Joaquin, my two oldest boys, have phones that have service. Okay. Uh, Mateo has the test, what we call the tester phone. It's like an older iPhone 7. And so if he can keep that for a specific amount of time and not break it. Yeah. And learn how to use it, you know, uh, then... Then we'll get him a real phone, but so that's like gonna a- be—he's got to make it through. You know, at least he's—he's he's only in fifth grade, man. He, like, max like eighth grade, maybe. Maybe yeah, grade. it's like the—it's like the rookie phone. It is. It is. It's—it's <laughs> the—we call it the tester phone. It used to be an iPhone six. Yeah. It used to be an iPhone six, but Joaquin had that, and of course, the test—it didn't happen that well, so he dropped it. And then I was like, dude. 
I've had that bone for like three years and not a scratch. You had it for like a month and you already cracked the, the well, screen. And so, know, so then of course it, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's like, that's like my, uh, I think my, my youngest daughter, Madison, who, uh, you know, she, uh, she had an iPhone six for years and she didn't want to get rid of it. You know, she liked it. It did everything that she wanted it to do. You know, she's a smaller girl, so, you know, it fit in her hand. It wasn't one of these big honking, you know, tablets that, that folks have. And uh, but she finally decided we switched servers, you know, providers. And uh, she decided, OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to step up my game. I'm going to get a new phone. She gets a new phone and like the screen cracks in like the first week. Ah, ah. Wasn't meant to be, man. It wasn't. No, meant I to know. Be. So yeah, so it. This is literally. I'm in a mobile studio. Like there we it go. is. It, it's just yeah. Um, we're we're doing the best we can with what we can, you know. And, and this is a good test to uh, me just seeing what what is my how are my kids going to react to to this. Uh, you know, they've been doing pretty good on the food, of course. You know, uh, we, we've, we've told them all day, like, you better know what you want out of that refrigerator because we, we have oh, yeah. to keep everything cold because, oh, because, yeah. you know, we're being tested now, man. You know, we don't, we don't go, we don't go to the grocery store a lot. We have a crap ton of groceries in the, in the freezer, in the fridge. And now the power has been out for five hours. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I know we, up- so I'm like, crap, but I will tell you, you know, and uh, for any of the folks who are, who are taking in the taking in the podcast, who who survived Hurricane Sandy, uh, because my family and I we were living in Long Island, we were living, you know, in East Meadow, New York, and uh, yeah, we were living there when when Hurricane Sandy blew through, and you know we uh, we hunkered down, uh, you know we lost power. And we hung in there for about two days. Hung in that, I, thankfully, I had like a hurricane radio, you know, you crank that bad boy up and you can tune in, you know, the uh, one of those ones that you always see where it has like, those really work. Oh, yeah, it works. It has a little it has a uh, little solar panel on it. So if the sun comes out, you just let it sit there. It'll charge the battery up and everything. And uh, our neighbors, they had like a little fire pit in their backyard. And so, you know, they got a little fire going. It was, like you say, it's like the condition you're in right now. Days of nothing. There's no electricity. Anything you're going to do is going to have to be battery powered. Um, and we hung in there for about two days and we're listening to the radio. And we're starting to hear because we had basically had like radio silence for the first day. I mean, the hurricane come through. There's nothing. You got no idea what's going on. And it was only after a couple days after the storm passed that we start to hear pieces of information about the enormity of this event and how catastrophic it had been, you know? Um, But I'll tell you the thing that got us, man, was when we heard that they weren't expecting power to be back until they didn't expect power to be back for seven to 10 days. And at that moment I was like, grab the kids, grab stuff. We're out of here. Like there's no way I'm hanging around here for seven to ten days, you know. Especially because even at that point where it was getting, 
we were hearing stuff over the radio about like, you know, gas stations out on Long Island and gas stations out in Jersey where like people were pulling out guns on other people, you know, because the lungs to get gasoline were like a mile long. You know, everybody's in panic mode. Yeah. We need to get the hell out of here because everything's just it's going to turn to Hurricane Katrina. You know, it was going to turn into just bedlam. And thankfully, we had like a half a tank of gas. And that got us up, up to like Connecticut, you know, because we were heading up north up to up to Maine. And so we got about up to Connecticut where, you know, I finally had to fill up the tank. And my boss, when I called my boss and told him, he was like, just go. Just go. He's like, well, we'll let you know when the power comes back at, the, at, at work because there's no point in being here. If you can't go to work, you're just sitting, you know. Um, and like I say, it was only when we got back that, you know, or actually when we got home and we were at my in-law's place, we start watching the TV up there and you're seeing all that crazy footage of like downtown freaking Manhattan is like underwater. It was absolutely nuts, man. Like in these areas like that were down on Long Island that had had gone up in flames, like these entire housing developments that had caught fire and the firefighters couldn't do anything to put it out because the wind was so strong that it would just blow the water from their hoses away. It was just crazy, man, you know, but it will test you. I will tell you, I will tell you, though, for the folks who are out there who have not had to endure something like that, um, make sure if you ever find yourself caught in that position, make sure you check with your uh, insurance company, the folks that you either have your home and you know, your house insurance or your rent renters insurance. Uh, Because, you know, when we ran into that situation, like you say, we had an entire fridge and freezer full of food and we knew it was going to be bad. It was just going to go bad. It was going to. Yeah. My, because I have renters insurance, my, my, uh, my company will, will cover up to X right exactly that's what i mean and that's a godsend because when you find yourself in that position where you're literally throwing away hundreds of dollars of food um it definitely helps you know that they're willing to to help you out to to get some more stuff back in uh back in the house once the everything comes back on i mean there i've got folks here you know uh, my buddy mike lives in the next town over we had a bunch of snow the other day um, and you know, the t- this time of year up here when the snow falls, it's real heavy, um, real heavy, wet snow. And of course, when that happens, the you know, tree limbs start coming down and he lost power. He's, uh, thankfully he and, and a number of folks and, uh, you know, including my in-laws, you know, they've got generators that are hardwired into the house. Um, so that is yeah. power Dreamhouse oh, would man, have that. I'm telling you, that's and that Jennifer and I have talked about that. I mean, I know it costs a little bit of money, but ha- you know, having the ability for you know the power goes out and the generator instantaneously kicks on, and you know gets the house going back. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got a big family, you can be using a lot of power. The question at the end of the day is how much is it? How much of it is ne- absolutely necessary? You know. Um. And if it's just me and Jennifer, then it's, I mean, we don't need, you know, thousands and thousands of watts of power just to, you know, get through. So, but uh, yeah, having right. that kind of thing, man, you know, years ago, you didn't have that. You know, I didn't know anybody that had something like that. I mean, if the power went out, I, well, they, I remember, I remember back in, they told us, like 90, what was it, 98 that, uh, or 97 
that uh, we had this huge ice storm up here, and um, it was ridiculous, man. I've never seen something like that before. And it that storm is a legend to this day in this part of the country because the, it was an ice storm, and the ice was so heavy that it just it brought down power lines all over New England. And you had literally millions of people with no power for like, I mean, I remember my sister was living in an outlying town here. She lost power and it was like, forget it. She wasn't getting power back for like two weeks. You know, Um, I remember driving out there and having to, I think we drove out there to pick her up and and bring her to my parents' place. It was, and as you were driving in the countryside, it just looked, especially once the storm blew off and the sun came out, it was like, if you were out in a rural area, everything just looked like glass menageries, you know, because the, I mean, the ice was so thick on everything. It was literally like an inch or two of ice on every, and obviously like the trees can't withstand that. It was just, it was nuts, man. I'll never forget that. Yeah, they told us that uh, we'll probably get it back here sometime around the five o'clock hour. Mm. Good, good. So, so we'll see. Luckily for us, though, because trash gets taken out on Tuesday for dinner tonight. Hey! Leftovers. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna do. We're, we refer to that uh, usually in our house. We refer to that as free night. So free night, is, free, night free night is the night that you know what, whatever you want for dinner, go crazy, because nobody's making dinner for the household. So. And that usually means, okay, if you if there's a frozen pizza in the uh, in the freezer or, like you say, leftovers, whatever, like, do what you want to do. And it usually stays pretty simple. Everybody's usually making, like, mac and cheese or something. <laughs> Just, you know, hey, man, what are we having for dinner tonight? We're having free night. So, go crazy. As a matter of fact, I think, mm, I, free night. I think we're going to be doing free night tonight, actually. <laughs> With all this crazy stuff going on. So... So, uh, something I always like to ask my students, and I can ask yes. you now, did you do anything cool yeah. over the weekend? Did I do anything cool over the weekend. I'll tell you what was, you know, uh, the weekend was kind of weird for me because Jennifer had to work this weekend, so it didn't really feel like the weekend, you know? Um, she had like she had Thursday and Friday off, so Friday felt like a Sunday. I literally got all the days jacked up in my brain. Um, but over the weekend... Um, yeah, I mean, like I say, we had the snow and everything here. Um, my, do- my daughter, <laughs> I watched the foliage, <laughs> I watched yeah, right. the foliage. Um, uh, no, my daughter, my daughter and her boyfriend <laughs> made a snowman that was cool. I haven't seen, I haven't actually seen a snowman again. It was a little guy out on the, on the our back deck, but I haven't seen a, a real life snowman in years. Um, but uh, no, I actually spent a lot of time hanging out with her. Um, nothing crazy, you know. Uh, there, she's got this game that we've we had the original version of it years ago. Um, I don't know if you've ever played it. It's on like the new Nintendo. What is that? The Nintendo Switch. Is that what they're new? Oh, I love the Switch. Um, yeah, got that. it's a pretty cool little system. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a Wii. And that that was always a fun yep. system because it's totally different than what you're used to with gaming systems. Um, like I used to love to play Wii Golf, man. <laughs> Wii Golf was was so relaxing, you know. 
golf yes, and bowling. Like you play those games that are just fun. Um, but this game called Animal Crossing. Have you ever played this game before? No, it's pretty no. cool. Um, basically, the gist of the game is is that uh, you're you make your little Wii, your little person, you know, and uh, your person goes to this island, and it's like you're a newcomer, and this island is just like being inhabited, and so you have these little animal characters that are like your neighbors. And the whole point of this game is that you're developing this you're developing this island into like a town and then eventually like a city and you know you go and you dig stuff up and pick fruit and whatever and and build houses and you sell stuff you make money pay off your mortgage and it's totally laid back like it's you can be as serious with the game as you want to get my daughter gets pretty yeah i mean my daughter gets pretty serious with it like you know she's figuring out all these ways to make extra money and and build a bigger house and so it's one of those games that you could sit there and play for hours and just sort of chill with it. You know what I mean? And, uh, whenever she's playing this, I'll just be sitting there like watching her little girl run around <laughs> and do this stuff. And then she'll give me the controller and I'll switch it over to my little guy and he'll be doing his thing like fishing. You know what I mean? Like catching fish and selling the fish to Tom Nook, the dude who runs the island. I mean, whatever. Tom Nook. Tom Nook. Yeah, there's a... There's a really awesome freaking game uh, that someone at work turned me on to for the Switch, and my kids love it. I love it because of the 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 art of the game and the music. It's uh, Cuphead. It's called what? Is what it's called. Cuphead. Cuphead. Uh, yeah. So um, let me make sure it's because I got it wrong last time. Yeah, Cuphead is the name of. This. It's it's called, uh, yeah, Cuphead is what it's called, but it looks like those like the nineteen twenties cartoons, oh, and there are I videos yeah, on YouTube on my... that that yeah there are videos on YouTube of the making of the soundtrack because it's all that you know nineteen uh, twenties yeah, yeah. jazz. Uh, really, real dude. The really? soundtrack is amazing, but. But but and the gameplay is really cool too. So they love it. It's all original. Like I'm sorry, what it's is, 1930s. Yeah. So like Steamboat Willie. What is the yeah what, like now, that? What is the what is the goal? So it's it's about it's so it's so 1930s. Like, um, they make a deal with the devil and they have to get all these okay. souls. <laughs> um. And they fight yeah, all yeah. these bosses, and yeah, dude, it's, cool. it's yeah, but it it's an amazing it's an amazing game. It it really is. And even yeah. if you don't have a switch, uh, just check out the Cuphead soundtrack, yeah. uh, the making of. They they did a really good job with that. That's amazing, yeah. especially if you're a musician. It's, you know, it's I, I have badass. to say, I mean, I, I'm not a huge. We've we've talked about this before. I'm not a huge gamer. I mean. I don't mind playing games, but I find myself in this weird place where, like, I'll walk away from video games long enough that when I come back to them, I can't remember how to play them. <laughs> so then I have to read. Well, that's good because then then you don't have to Dude, buy new games. No joke, is, <laughs> Jeremy. It is absolutely no exaggeration. <laughs> I could have the same game. You know, I, I know we've talked before about the whole Red Dead Redemption or Dead Red Redemption or whatever it is. 
Oh, hey, you know what? Hey, by the way, uh, Jack Black has a badass. Uh, he's been streaming, and it, they're on YouTube now of him playing Red Dead, yeah. whatever it's called, Redemption, really? and it's amazing. He plays against his son too. It's 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 awesome because he has he has he'll he'll right. make up his own story mm-hmm. while he's playing the game. So and it's of Jack course, Black. Yeah. It's it's funny. Well, I mean, it's like I say. I mean. I had the original one. I had the original game, not the new one. You know, I had the original one. And I, dude, I was still playing that game up until like a year ago, you know, a year and a half ago. I was still playing that game, like the original one. And I didn't care. Like, I'm not all going crazy. Like, oh my God, I got, you know, these, these, these graphics suck. They're so antiquated. What I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm playing like once every couple months. So then I'm coming back and I'm like trying to remember the hardest part about doing that when it comes to video games is try like I have to go back into hopefully somewhere in the game it's got this thing where you can check out what the storyline is. You know what I mean? Because when you're walking away from right. a game yeah, for yeah. three months and you gotta come back to it, it's like what in the hell is my character doing? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just running around, you know, like I'm running like whatever doing stuff it's like got to go back and sort of refamiliarize myself with like okay well what's what's happening here and i mean my latest one of these games over the holidays um my kids bought me the uh the new star wars game the new uh fallen order no 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 not battlefront the 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 jedi one there fallen order or whatever. Um, have you ever seen? Okay. Um, gosh, what is the show? My wife's gonna kill me. Um, the show. I think it's on uh, on Netflix. It's the dad who's like a hardcore alcoholic. It's a comedy, but he's got like nine kids. The mom's gone. Hardcore but, alcoholic. It's, it's a comedy. <laughs> it, it, it takes on some. It takes on some tough stuff, but uh, anyway, one of the kids who's in the, I say kids, young men who's in that show is the main character in this Fallen Order game, which I think that in and of itself is pretty cool, man, because, you know, these video games have literally gotten to this point now where you have people who are legitimate actual actresses and actors who are on TV and, and movies who are now starring in video games. How easy is that? You know? Oh, because well, it's bet, easy yeah. money, man. I, like, and, and you know, I know you had a little, uh, you have a foray right. into voiceover stuff, but like for them, it's, it's easy money. They can do it from, you, you get the setup, yep. you do it from home. You record all the, you know, all the, the words and the lines and whatnot. And then, you know, they never have to leave their house. That's like this app okay. called Cameo. No. Have you seen this app? You can get a celebrity to record a video, like voice message, That's and they'll crazy. send it back to you. What, you just pay something? It doesn't cost, right? So, so yeah. like Snoop Dogg, is on this right? Um, I, I'm just gonna go through a gambit, right? Uh, oh God, Debbie Gibson. <laughs> uh, 
I yeah. well, hey man, yep. people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh there's but they have actors, musicians, athletes, That's the whole thing, right? And like um who is okay, right. Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, who Andy sure. Dick is? You know Andy Dick, right? For $99, he will record a personalized oh, video for you. And you can say whatever whatever you right. you could have him say whatever you want. Yeah, last last They last, even have Larry Wilcox from Chips. Andy Dick, I think it was the fact he'd gotten the crap kicked out of him by somebody. <laughs> Which knowing Andy Dick is not hardly surprising that he had gotten the crap kicked out of a bar or somewhere. I I well yeah. Okay, so Frodo. No, wait, is it Frodo? Yeah. Is, is that Sean no, Astin? Is that Rudy? Gangy. No, that's not Rudy. Okay, $295. He's a yeah, little cool, bit, though. he's in demand, right? I have seen some of these, yeah. like the ones that Snoop Dogg does, like, and they he he kind of goes over the top like hey right, big right. diggy what's happening hey i heard it's your birth it's your birthday today <laughs> the big four oh just want to say and he, you know the, he's he's good for about the yeah. first like 15 seconds and if it's for like 30 seconds it's like so anyways i just like to say happy it, and they they kind of run out of stuff to say right, it's right, like yeah. all right well hey, bye man, that's cool though <laughs> you know I just think that it's amazing. Cameo. That, I just think the thing that's amazing about the video games is that they're not just using their voice. They're actually using the likeness of these people. So this is... Right, and they hook them no, up to the, those they, nodes or whatever. I think like... it's amazing that you have actors and actresses who are... are I mean, because like you say, it's a great way to make money. But it's the fact that you're actually like the the video game people are not having to create characters. Like obviously they're creating characters, but I'm saying like they don't have to create the likeness of every single character because now you have video games that are it's almost like a motion picture. You know, they've got people who are on television and movies who are essentially yeah. starring in their video game. That I mean that's that's an elevation of video game thing. I get to a mad. Whole other level, I want know? the. I get mad because the uh, the game I like I want the gameplay to look like the animation yeah. modes. and and some of them do yeah. they're doing really good at that but I get mad like man I really want the gameplay to look like this. like that would be badass and you know I you know I've told you yep. like I have the sure. Oculus Quest the virtual yeah, dude, reality that's, I mean, that's a, that's a yeah man thing. I mean yeah. we have. My 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 yeah. daughter's boyfriend has, I don't even know what it's called. It's this virtual reality thing that you set up, and it's got these sensors that are like around the room. And I've played that before, man. And you know, you and I have talked about this like offline. But holy mackerel! Any for any of the folks out there who are listening to this, if you have never actually tried virtual reality, especially if it's a game where you have to like fight people. Holy mackerel, man! You've got to try it. it. Like, you know, you know what, dude? Yes. Clear the room I'll out. Tell you right now, we're all in lockdown. We're all in shelter in place, right? We all, none, we can't leave the house, dude. Order VR, and for any of you that feel like somehow 
you're getting out of shape, you're eating crappy food, you know, whatever, get a VR set up and get a game where you got to fight people. I'm going to promise you, you're going to get a workout. Because <laughs> it is, I remember, I remember trying this thing out, man. And by the time so, I got done, it was like I, the next day I wake up and I'm like, holy crap, my shoulders are killing me. <laughs> so one of the, one of the yeah. games that I have is Creed. Yep. Right, it's a boxing game based off of like the the newer uh, yeah yeah uh, Sylvester Stallone movies Creed, right? And I had one of my friends who is a Marine try it out, and <laughs> I kind of clown him a little bit because I was like, you know what? I'll set it up right, for right. you. You're this guy's an easy guy, right? And he was like, something's not working because he was losing. So then I right. put on the headset and I beat the dude, right? And I was like, yeah, everything right, seems right, to be right. working fine. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, let me do that again. Let me do that again. And I'm and and so what's funny in the VR world, people think, oh, oh no. it's a video game. I can just do whatever the hell I want. But it's really it, you're not pressing yes. buttons. It's you yep. doing the movements of the punches and blocking. Yep. You your character gets tired. So you have to I'm like, I'm like, hey man, would you really fight like that? He was like, No. Right. And I'm like, yep. well, that's why you're losing. <laughs> because you're yeah. trying to fight like you're in a video game, but it's really you. There's another game that I have. It's called Climb. And you, dude, I, I cannot, I have yet to get past the easy first level because yeah. it's a heights thing. It, it it makes you feel like yeah. you were really that high up. And uh, it's insane, man. It's insane. But the, the cool thing about this whole VR thing, right? And if you've ever seen yeah. Ready Player One, it's called The Oasis. And I call it the Oasis. But in this day of, of sh- social distancing, when you go online, when you can yeah. go online and you do this, you can, you're interacting with every, you, their avatar, you're interacting with all these people who have VR headsets and socializing. It's, uh, that is one of the really, yeah, really, really cool things. I've never things done that before. I mean, I've, about having I've, played, this is like... I've played some games on it. I mean, it's amazing to me. Like, is this setup that he has is, I mean, when you put this thing on your head and you turn, he turns it on and he's monitoring whatever's happening in the game on his, on his computer, you know, so he can see what's going on. And, I mean, when it first starts up, it's like it turns on and it's like you are just in this open, this this vast nothingness. It's just this giant, endless space hmm. that you're in. Um, and when it comes on, all of a sudden you're basically in what is like this really gorgeous cabin out in the mountains. And... and yeah, like yeah, so you that's can what walk we have. Around that's like ours. You go to this room, and there's a wall that's in the room, and it has these tiles for the different games, and you so you can like look up and you pick the. And it's got these two controllers you hold, and you point the controller up, and the little thing points at it. You click on it. Now, when you get into this one game, it's because the animation that I've seen, at least in my experience, very limited experience with this is the animation tends to be almost like that of, like, uh, Nintendo, in that it's not super high-def. It's, um, you know, almost cartoonish in in that sense. Um, but what happens is, essentially, it's like a gladiator game. And so you're in this big arena, 
And like when you look down at the floor, you can see these different weapons that are there. And obviously you have to know with the controllers how to pick these weapons up, you know, and they're designed to be able to move as if there's like gravity, you know, so say you have like a, uh, like a mace, you know what I mean? Like the thing that has like a handle with the chain and a, a spiked ball. On yeah. it. I mean, this thing, as you move it, that ball move as if it's being subjected to gravity, you know? Um, so like they're the various weapons you sort of have to figure out, okay, well, how do they really work? But when these guys, like there are these uh, doors and your opponents start to come out and they're these big sort of cartoon looking, you know, gladiator guys, but you got to fight them, you know? And that's when you start getting that workout in, man, because I'm telling you, when you grab something like, again, say you have the mace and you're trying to take this thing and you're trying to swing it, your head as if you're bashing this guy and you're legit swinging your arm around you know i mean obviously not that you don't feel the weight of it obviously but at the same the motion is essentially like you said the motion is very realistic you know uh the thing that i found that was the most difficult yeah in this was you have a tendency your natural movement and this is where the sensors in the room come into play like if I look down and I realize there's something behind me, I might, I might be inclined to step backwards. And that's the thing that gets kind of hard with VR because you can't really feet a lot, you know, like you can sort of, you can spin around, but you can't move. Yeah. You can't walk forward or walk backwards. You know what I mean? And you have to have a big space for this. Cause like, even when we played in the limited space we had in our old apartment, I mean, if you're not careful, man, you're like smacking into the wall or whatever. You're like, you know, you're backing up into furniture um, because this thing really is looking at like where you are in the room and it's sort of giving you a certain amount of space to move around. But you can't just start walking, obviously, because it's not like you're on a giant treadmill or something. So that takes a little bit of getting used to the whole notion of like, OK, if I want to move over there then I have to like look in this direction, point this thing and click it. And my guy will move. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, 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 that's not like a normal video game, right? You know, a normal video game, you just sort of pull, you know, push the, the little joystick thing forward and your guy goes, you know? Um, but it's an experience. I've never tried, like I say, I never tried any of the sort of social stuff like online where you could actually be interacting with, people, you know, I mean, to be very honest with you, I've never done that with any video game. And I mean, that dude, this is just the, this is just the beginning. And now like there's some places that have come out with the, the uh-huh. suits that react to like touch and all that. Well, it's I getting, mean, that's the thing is getting, that, I mean, it's going to get weird. You know, really fast. you know, that's one of the things, <laughs> man. Like I remember, you know, when my son was in high school and he's, he was really a big gamer and you know, it'd be a beautiful day, it'd be the weekend or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, like, why don't you get outside and go hang out with your friends or something, man, you know? And he'd be on his computer playing these games and he's like, I am socializing. I am hanging out with my friends, you know, because all of his friends were online playing the game with him, you know? And that really is, it really defines the difference between these various generations, you know, because this newer, this younger generation of, of kids who have been playing video games, 
their whole time growing up, you know, their form, a, 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 a very large part of their socialization is done virtually. It's not done face to face, literally interacting with other people, you know, and yeah. I mean, and I have my own sort of opinions on, you know, sort of social development and that kind of thing and how that has been impacted by that virtual socialization because obviously you know at least in my mind and this is that moment where i sound like some crotchety old man you know like get off my porch or get off my lawn you know but it's like you do not you you cannot develop the same kind of sensitivity to social graces and and all those various nuances just by looking at a screen and playing a video game and hearing somebody's voice and seeing their little guy run around like that's that's not the same thing as actually getting out there and interacting with people on a very personal level and seeing like being able to identify body language um their their facial expressions just all of that stuff there's i mean there's there's so many layers to that that I think are are essential to being able to eventually at some point move out into the world, uh, a world full of people and not avatars, you know, and being able to actually interact and 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 move through this you know move through this world and and be effective and be sensitive to all the things around you. Um, but it definitely is interesting to see. It's very interesting to see it. It's very interesting to to see, you know, like I say, these these, you know, this younger generation of folks who this is how they've been raised, you know, and this is how this is their this is their view of the world, you know, um, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's 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 tough, uh, especially, you know, people of our age, you, you know, we're I think maybe just a little bit younger than you're us, absolutely you know, right the last here. bastion of that yes. whole i used to go out yeah, and play 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 until the sun went down correct i mean and yeah. I, I, it's it truly yeah, is you know i really think that you know i mean you and i are you know in our 40s um have you turned 40 yet oh that's right yeah dude i'm i know <laughs> I know. I look young. I but know. You look so young. That's like that commercial. <laughs> no. Have you seen that commercial? I don't know if a lot of folks have. You seen that commercial? Young. Where the freaking uh, God, what the hell is it? It's the guy is in the box, and it's supposed to like it's like he's playing like it's a time machine or something. It's out in the lawn, and like there's the kid who's outside, and they're making like the things going through time, whatever. And the guy steps and, and the kid walks away and this old man comes up and opens up the door of the box. And he steps out and the old man's there and he's like, you're so old. <laughs> you know the commercial I'm talking about? Oh my goodness. Wow. Gotta, dude, I got to pull No, I haven't. Pull but that's video of this messed up. Share. Put it on our page. We got it. Yeah, post it. Hilarious. Post it on the, on the site. Yeah. So, hey, I just... I, so... Because it's Monday, um, I I just got a, a a thing coming across my phone that Christian McCaffrey is now uh, the highest well, paid running know, after, back in the NFL uh, after his season last year. 
I don't know if that's hardly surprising. He crushed oh, that no, trash last man. year, man. Crushed it. It was, it was crazy. I mean, uh, uh, and, and I'll tell you the other thing, I man, know, and you and me both know this, as well as all the other fans out there who enjoy, you know, football. Man, the shelf life of a professional running back in the NFL these days is pretty damn short. Yeah. 16 yeah. million. That's what is that? How for how long? Un I don't even know how how long uh 16 million for 4 years? I don't 4 years. Oh. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, yep. And and you know, they just got yep. rid of Cam. Cam's coming in New England, dude. He's going to come You know what I mean? <laughs> like as back, you know. <laughs> I honestly That's what I saw. Well, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. and we've said it out there before. I'm a Cowboys fan, and Zeke was the highest paid, you know. But at least he had, he had like he was the highest. He was the, the, yeah. the leading rusher. You know what I mean? Like every yeah. year for four out of or for three out of four years. And the only reason why you know the third year, the one year, is because he you know only half a season. It's Even insane. though half the season he still got 900 yeah. yards rushing. For half a season, right? So, but but McCaffrey. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. He he's a beast. He's a, right. He's a beast. Whether he's running or catching. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, he's I'm, in the gym. He's yeah, like a specimen. But unproven to me, still unproven. I don't even know what his like. You don't. You... What do, I just, what do you mean? He's not that guy. What, what do you have to do to be a proven running back in the NFL? You have to lead something. <laughs> Touchdowns. Uh, you know, yards yeah, per yeah, carry. I, I don't think. So. Uh, I don't yards, think. passing yards, or, or receiving I mean, yards. And I get that. He's got to lead right. something, I mean, I, dude. Well, I think that I he's think fucking up the market. Be, he's I fucking probably, up I the think market. Probably the greatest attribute of a running, uh, you know, of a running back. If we're talking about productivity, probably the, uh, you know, I think that the, uh, you know, in terms of productivity, probably the greatest asset that a running back can bring to the bring to the table is consistency. You know. All right, I'm I'm I mean, pulling up his stats. Yeah, dude. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so he's been in the league. Been in the years. league since 2017. Yep. Yep. In 2017, rookie year, 400, 435 okay. yards rushing, 651 yep. receiving. All right. Rookie year. Oh, I'm sorry. Five, five touchdowns. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, what was that? Seven touchdowns. All right. 2018. Uh, almost doubles the carries. Gets a thousand ninety-eight yep. rushing yards. Yeah. Averages five yards a carry. That's pretty good. 
receives 867 yards and at 8.1 okay. average, six touch so 13 touchdowns total. Right? Last year, 287 attempts rushing, 1,300 yards, 4.8 yep. average, good, 15 yards. <laughs> I'm sorry, 15 touchdowns. 1,000 yards receiving, four touchdowns. Yeah. So that that's a solid one year. All right. Let us <laughs> let us compare to let's let's compare to to oh, uh, my Ezekiel Lord. Elliott. Here we go. Who's who came in in the league in 2016? Uh, yeah. No, because he was the yeah. highest paid. He was the highest paid running back, right? All right. So, 2016. Uh-huh. 1,600 yards rushing with a 5.1 rookie year. 15 touchdowns. Now, 363 right. yards catching and one touchdown, right? Yeah. So, the year that he was suspended for half of the season, nine. 983 yards rushing in eight games. <laughs> Seven touchdowns uh, rushing and 269 receiving and two touchdowns uh, receiving. Just, just well, I you, mean, know, it's, you know, 908 and, and that's great. for, for okay, eight but games. I'm going to play some devil's advocate here. And like, my devil's advocate says uh, when you're suspended for eight games – and you're able to come into week nine without having ever had to deal with, a, you know, to, to run against a defense. And every defense in the league has been playing for those eight games. It's pretty easy to show up and run all over everybody. Everybody else been beat for Uh-huh. Okay. Well, let's, let's go to 18 and 19. Rushing yards in 18, 14, 34. Yeah. Rushing yards in 19, 13, that's, all my, that's my whole point. That's my whole point, though. Is like, if you're looking at those rushing that's, yards, what do you think you the majority know, of those rushing yards came in? in do you think the majority in of those rushing four yards years, came in at the end of the season? No. I guarantee the majority of those rushing yards happened in the first half of the season when he was fresh. Everybody else, you know, I mean, or actually I should say quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Probably the majority of his running, his yards came in at the end of the season. When every defense in the league is freaking beat the hell up, and it's a lot harder to stop them. So, so what you're saying? So what you're saying is you're not happy. Is that what we're getting here? Are we getting? So we're getting. Let's just okay. First three years with McCaffrey's contract, because you think that it's inflating the market. Because he's because because he yeah they, they flooded the market, and you also have to realize too yes. like. You know, Cam was a threat, yep. was a threat to run the ball. So then, you know, like, that's where the passing yards come in, in my opinion. But, like, dude, I, I'm sorry, man. He is just not – he's not yeah. 16 mil a year quality. Because Zeke Zeke in his first three years yeah. had almost uh, – pretty much 4,000 yards rushing. 
This dude in the first three years has three thousand. He has a so, thousand yes so what, what, uh, less yards so, a year. So rushing, what you're and that's really with Zeke in twenty seventeen really playing for half the game is that because he's inflating the market, that Ezekiel Elliott's going to come back to the Cowboys and be like, that ass over there is getting paid all this money. I should be getting paid all this money. And the Cowboys are going to say, uh, go pound sand because we're not paying you that kind of money. No, well, well but, you know, so luckily, pay, but you know, we already signed. We have so last good. football season. <laughs> you and I and everybody else out there who's a football fan was having these conversations about what is happening with these players as it pertains to their contracts. Because it's, you know, and there were a lot of folks that we were listening to on sports radio and watching on sports television. A lot of these commentators were talking about how the N- the N- NFL was beginning to seemingly take on this NBA model, which was essentially the hell with my contract. I want to, you know, because I, I won't, pl- I just won't play. If I don't get to go where I want and do what I want to do, then I'll just hold you. I'll hold you hostage, and until and Ezekiel Elliott did this to the Cowboys. He did this to the Cowboys because you remember when he still he still had he, he still had time on his contract. He, he did, said, but he could. Cowboys, and, and I don't if I don't get paid more money, then I'm not playing. Period. And he strong armed Jerry Jones. Say what? Um, yeah, he he folded his arms. Yeah, he folded. He crossed his arms and like I'm taking my ball and going home. And right. his is like 90 million for six years, which is 15 million a year. But his his thing is he got well, yeah. he got more than half and I of get that. that. I'm just saying that I'm saying that you know 50 million it's guaranteed. Just, it's man. interesting now because you have a lot more of these players, like we talked about last season, who are essentially if they feel that somehow they're being wronged their way of managing that situation is to basically tell a team like you either fix my thing or I'm done. And you can either trade me up, do whatever, get me out of here. I don't care. You know? And of course, when you've got a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, he's got a lot of pull in that argument and he's going to make a Jerry Jones dance to his tune. You know? Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I and obviously I don't, I mean, Mm-hmm. I don't foresee something like that happening, you know, if there's a football season this year. I don't see that happening. But actually, I'm going to ask you a totally off the off, – because I know we only have like 10 minutes left here. Um, it is Music Monday. Um, and it's Music Monday. Total uh, – <laughs> gosh, what was it that I was just about to say? Uh, oh, the question so off the topic is the extension of the season. Yay or nay? Off the off the cuff question. Yes. You know that the players the one game? has said no. They do not want this because the league screams about player I, my, safety and now all of a sudden they turn around and say, but we want one more game out of you. Yeah, it's why. If if I were in the yeah. if I were in the NFL PA, I was like, get rid of kickoffs. What if they actually assume that model that you like, saw in no the more NFL this season, which I don't even know how one. many games they got into their season before it was over. I mean, did you... Right. No, no. Yeah, just starting at 20. 
But did, I mean, did you that see that the would be the, that would be the first the step and the, and the model in that, that they took on with the I would have said no more kickoffs. Yeah, and you know what? They they don't uh, you know the the kickoffs most of yeah, the time are in the back know. of the of they start at twenty anyways. I mean, new music Monday. So what do you got? All right, so new music Monday. You got anything? I I got one. So uh, my middle son, AJ, is super into Eminem. (laughs) My wife wife really enjoys the vocal stylings of Eminem. And I walked in on him, and he was practicing. He was practicing an Eminem song I'd never heard before. I was like, what song is that? He was like, it's called Godzilla. I was like, oh, really? So I looked at it. Coincidentally, it has uh, an artist on there that had passed away named Juice World. And the only reason why I, why I know who Juice World was no. is uh, Narwald. Have you ever seen this guy, Narwald? He's, he's this really wacky music interviewer, and he comes up. I don't know how he does his his background checks with people, but he comes okay. up with stuff, and the artists are like, "How the hell do you know this?" Very, I'll I'll post one of his videos where people are like, "Oh my god, how do you know that? This is amazing." So, but Juice World okay. passed away. He had a seizure or something like uh, from a drug overdose in December. Um, but but what was oh, really yeah, yeah, cool yeah. is that you know Eminem raps fast. And and he had owned a record where he rapped oh, like uh, ten syllables per second. Right. So and at the very end of this song, holy, he mackerel. does like something like over two hundred words in thirty seconds. So, so he's like, like so he's it's like insane. Like a car commercial or something where they have to read the disclaimer. <laughs> what was what was that guy that that did the mighty for us the mighty? Oh, I don't remember. I remember uh, it was a toy. There mighty was a guy Max? who used to do these commercials. Toys. I think it was for like Wendy's the guy that or something. It was one of the fast food joints, and he used to he did the whole speed pocket thing. Yeah. But it, it was, oh, but it was that guy car? too. It was those little bitty cars. Okay, Mighty Max. Yeah. No, but it was really saying, small. Though, but it was the same cars. Yes, yes, same oh, dude. I can't remember, yeah, he had like dude. a mustache. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like a mustache. The guy was bald and he had a mustache. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm gonna have to yeah, look it up. If anybody remembers his name, yeah. But I think he used to do these commercials for. He used to do these commercials for. I don't even know his name, but I remember. Yeah. When, uh, he did Wendy's. I think he did Wendy's. Uh. What the fuck is the name of the toy? I want to see if I could find a a, a picture of. My oh Mighty yeah something. yeah yeah. Now what was the micro machines? Micro machines. Yes. Micro machines have a little thing in them. My, micro machines 
were self-propelled. Micro, they? They're small, micro. Like you could back them up and then let them go and they Oh man, I barely you know could, I barely could but micro machines I barely are like could micro remember machines, the guys they were like self-propelled, aren't they? <laughs> like you could you, like you could I thought they had a little wind up thing inside of them. I don't think so. Would they're actually, too small. Like, um there was a wind up thing that was inside of like you could pull them back and then let them go and they they'd go zip it. Yeah, man. Nope, that's it. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh no, is this dude honestly? Dude, Come okay, on. so where is it? I don't know, but I've got it's gotta be the is he dead micro now? machines dead. commercial. Hold on, I'm gonna pull this up. Hold on one second. He's, he's bald on top. Uh, yeah, here we go. I'm gonna turn it up. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature places to play with, and each one comes with its own special machine vehicle and fun fantastic creatures that miraculously move. Raise the boldness at the airport marina, man, looking forward at the other. Yeah, that's it, man. Raise the gold bridge. And each place has to take a form of micro. Dude, that guy has nothing on Eminem on this song, dude. Pull up. Yeah, man. I don't know. He's got nothing on Eminem on that song. That was him. It was. I'll video on our. I'll share the video on. That's totally that guy. Uh, Let's see. Oh my goodness, that's funny. Let's see what. Let's see. drug overdose and not a seizure from trying to talk like the dude would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um so the the story is is that he was going through the airport and oh, he was trying to hide drugs so he just decided to just in, like just awful, put them all in his awful. mouth. Um, actually, my I contribution know, to this, and I'm pulling it up real quick, um, is, and, and this is this is an oldie but goodie and new to me because I haven't listened to it in a long time, and uh, it's I know you're a huge fan of one of the the primary performers, um, but my my news my new song is this is not America. By Pat Metheny and David Bowie. I I know. Yes, you know what? Oh, dude, the video, yeah. the video, and and 
there's a video on Facebook of me um, per, uh, maybe it was yeah performing that song because we did a Bowie tribute. Now, I was a part of a band of local musicians that did the Bowie tribute, and I'm oh, the one I that sang know. that song I mean, the, because the, the, I think Trent Reznor's on is, in that video, is he not? Um, that song. And I'm a huge Pat Metheny fan. I love love Metheny. He and I went to the same. We got the same alma mater. Went to the same school. Um, but that that song, "This Is Not America." Do you remember the film that that song was associated with? That is on the soundtrack. It's like the main the main theme. Uh, uh well, well, wait. Who the fuck was in that movie? Timothy Hutton. Timothy uh, Hutton. I can see his fucking. I can see his name. Timothy Hutton yes. is in that movie. movie. We're gonna wrap this up uh, in the last second or so here. Uh, fuck. I did. I. It's. I just. I remember. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, his face in the yeah, movie. Sean, he is. He Who else and is in there? Sean Penn and is Timothy it Sean Hutton. Timothy Penn? Hutton plays is the role Sean of Penn in that movie? Boyce, which is kind of ironic because I actually knew I, I know a guy named Chris Boyce. Um, and Sean Penn played the role of Andrew I can't, Dalton. I cannot Lee. remember the name of the fucking uh, movie, dude. And, and just to surmise here, real quick, it's a it's a true story. It's a true story. The name of the is the Falcon and the Snowman. The Falcon and the Snowman. It tells the truth. Ah, what she said, Falcon. I knew it. Guys, uh, that got involved in espionage with the Soviet Union. Uh, Christopher Boyce. Christopher. Which one? Oh, you know what? The song that I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're thinking the, the, the song, song I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm afraid of is, uh, I'm afraid. Yeah, that of was America that was another Bowie hit. Trent but go ahead. But. Uh, yeah, man, I heard. I'm that afraid song of Americans. Doing some singing, and I put on my Spotify <laughs> Pat Metheny, you know, station, and that song came up, and I was like, "Holy mackerel, this is a great tune, man!" Bowie, like you could pull up video of Bowie on like YouTube or whatever, you know. This is not America. Like, <laughs> it's just awesome, you know. Just oh man, yep. That redefined himself so many true times. Artiste. Every time he was he true artist with a plum. That is the word to end our episode. Oh my god! I mean, it's ridiculous. He literally how many how many times did that man redefine himself? The, like played roles. At the end of the day, the question was, who the hell is David Bowie? You never really knew, did you? Because he just created these like he create. I mean, Ziggy Stardust was just one of a multitude of them. You know, nope. like right when you thought he was going to fall off the map, he just showed up as some new guy. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, the end of episode eight. Is this episode eight, Jeremy? Oh, not. A... Yeah, Dick it Van is. Patton, eight. Father eight is of, enough. Father of who? There's another little trivia question for you. Dick, Dick Van Patten. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, all the Van Pattens. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about two episodes of this, uh, the of the stars on ABC. 
Like they had like we'll had all these like what? uh sport yeah, competitions we'll of all the people that were on point, the movie. Yeah, we gotta uh, talk about that shit uh, now. Van Patten we, and we should talk I've about heard the eighties rumors and it might be true, maybe not. I'll have to look it up. That he is the father of uh Mike Patton, lead singer from Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. So um I know, weird. Yeah. What <laughs> Hey, so all right, okay. so for the next episode, I, we, we're going to reminisce on toys, toys of, of the eighties and the last and, and your last YouTube video. <laughs> all <laughs> right, okay, man. <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Tell your family, tell your friends. We'll talk to you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about.